Hey mama, welcome to the Raw Mom Life Podcast, where we talk about the rawness of motherhood and marriage, from mental health to habits and everything in between, all with vulnerable talk to allow you the space to know you're not the only one. My name is Amber Wilford, mama to three girls, just doing my best every day, even if my best looks different every day. Get ready to laugh and sometimes cry, but always with a good cup of coffee. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the Raw Mom Life Podcast. I'm super excited for this awesome summer series that kind of just came to me one day and we're rolling with it. And I am I'm super excited. And I know that so many of you have told me the same, that you're just excited to hear from other moms that what they're going through. A lot of times I share the hard stuff that I'm going through as a mom. And so many of you relate to that. But the reality is there are hard things that other moms are going through that I'm not necessarily going through, but you might be going through. And so what a better way than to have conversations with raw moms about motherhood, the good, the bad, and everything in between. So I asked my sister, Lindsay, to be my first guest for this awesome series uh, because she has been a mom for seven and a half years uh, at the time of this recording. And uh, she's just got a really unique story. And there is nobody that I know in my life who fights harder harder for their kid than Lindsay. And uh, she loves her kid with everything, but motherhood has not been an easy journey for her. And so I'm excited for her to share a little bit more about what uh, motherhood is like for her and just to share her story with you, because I know so many of you will be able to relate. So Lindsay, thanks for being here. Um, do you want to share a little bit more about you and your story and hobbies, whatever you want to share with us? Sure. Thanks, Amber, for having me. It's fun to be on the podcast with you. Um, I like in listening to them and hearing from other moms will be really good. So thank you. Um, but I'm Lindsay. Like Amber said, I'm her older sister. Um, she is one of my best friends. Um, and so I've been grateful to grow up with her um, and kind of develop our relationship even stronger since becoming a mom, especially. Um, but I live in Victoria, Minnesota. Um, my husband and I have been married for almost 11 years. We have a seven-year-old son, Zachary, um, and he is wonderful. He's very active as a boy as boy can be. <laughs> yeah. um, and I uh, work in HR, actually, human resources. I'm a benefit manager. So help maintain benefits like medical and dental and things like that for our U.S. and Canadian employees. So I'm really passionate about my job. Some of my hobbies, things that I'm really interested in, I love to read and I love spending time with my friends and family. And I love being outside. I love the Minnesota heat. Praise One the Lord. Habit. Bring <laughs> yes. it on. Bring it on. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so tell me something that you love about motherhood. Something I love. I mean, I never expected to love another person as much as I love my child. Like I love my spouse, but holy cow, the love you have for a child is just so different. And one of my favorite things is watching him experience things for the first time. And I get to experience it through his eyes, trying new foods, touching the grass, you know, trying karate or sports or whatever it is. And it's just seeing the joy it brings to him makes me really happy. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so true. Like watching a kid experience something and find joy in something like for us as adults is so mundane. 
uh, it brings a new perspective that like us as adults take stuff for granted and, and kids just bring all of those emotions back with us or for us. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Will you, will you share, are you comfortable sharing a little bit more about what your journey has been like as a mom, um, from even before it began? Sure. Um, so our journey started with infertility. Um, I never expected getting pregnant and having a child would be an issue. I didn't know anybody or wasn't aware of anybody where it was, um, or they just never told me about it. Um, it was hard. I wanted nothing more than to be a mom after I became a wife and watching the joy I saw in other moms, um, really hurt. Um, but we found a support group and we found a good support system and by the grace of God, we're able to have a child, um, after about 18 months of struggling. So we had Zachary in 2014 and, I mean, I was floating, like I couldn't believe I had a child of my own, like to, I loved being pregnant. I loved the baby's stage. You know, I loved it all because I wanted it for so long. Um, and then he started developing some kind of emotional and behavioral issues, maybe around age three, it became more apparent, you know, and when you are a parent or a mom for the first time, you don't really know what to expect or what's normal, quote unquote, normal or what's not. And so at first we're like, well, he's just loud. He's a boy. Boys are moving all the time. You know, they're a little more aggressive than girls and, you know, having nieces, right. Your girls, like I was able to kind of compare, which isn't fair, but at the time you don't know what else to do. Um, but see like, well, they can sit and play quietly or they don't hit each other when they're mad, you know, and it started with the first daycare dismissal. We had been asked to leave a daycare and that like just blew me away. Like I, I thought for sure, as soon as you find a daycare, you're set, tell school, you have other kids, you know, you're set. And I just was I couldn't believe it. It took, I took it really hard. And that's when we started looking at, okay, we need to get help. We need to figure out what's going on. How can we help this little boy? And I mean, that was four years ago um, that we started this journey and it's been the hardest four years of my life. But with Zach, it's, you know, they don't like to diagnose mental illness for children at a young age. And they always attribute it to, well, it's because he's growing or he's in an environment with other kids that are older that are showing him these behaviors or whatever. And we had to really fight to be like, no, something else is going on. We need other tools. We need other strategies. And, you know, slowly we get a diagnosis. Well, sensory processing disorder. Okay. Now he has anxiety and then ADHD. And now he has oppositional defiant disorder. And now do we start medications and now we're starting therapy and occupational therapy. And I mean, then the pandemic hits and you're just like, oh my gosh, what else can possibly happen? So 2020, I'm sure for many of us is a year, nobody wants to relive, but that we were making progress in that March we regressed further back than where we started. It felt, 
And it was tough. It was so tough. And you feel so isolated and alone because unless you're living in these shoes and in this house, you don't understand the exhaustion, the pain, the grief, the things, you know, you're missing out on. Um, One big struggle that I have is grieving the childhood that my child won't have because I wanted to be that soccer mom, that t-ball mom, that playdate mom, you know, but that's not a reality for me. And that I know he's missing. He doesn't know he's missing that. So it's my own issue that I'm working through, but it's taken me a really long time to realize that it's okay that I don't get to spend my summers on the baseball field or I don't get to spend my summers at the swimming pool. You know, Um, I'm spending it typically in a doctor's office or working with the county or something like that. Um, But right now we're just Zach's he struggles with transitions and the beginning of summer is really hard. And it's been a tough couple of weeks since school got out. So really trying to reach out to as many resources as we can. And, you know, I rely heavily on my friends and my family (laughs) to kind of support me through it, but it's, it's been a journey and I never expected to go through the struggle of getting pregnant and then having a special needs child. And what does that mean? Right. I mean, his, his disability is invisible. So he looks And I hate to use the word normal, but he looks normal. And so when he has an outburst or something and somebody witnesses it, you know, you get those judgmental glances of, geez, what's wrong with your kid? So that's tough. Yeah, for sure. And I know like we had a conversation a few years back too, where I just basically said like, I'm sorry. Like I, I've judged you because I don't know what it's like. And like, I got to a point where I was like, I don't know what it's like. Like I, who am I to know how to parent her kid? Like you kind of do that even before you're a parent, right? You're like, I know how I'm going to parent. And like, you look at other families, whether it's strangers in public kid having an outburst or it's people, you know, you're like, I know how I could do this better. But the reality is like, I hit a point where I, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be with Zachary 24 seven. And I love that little boy, but I don't know what it's like to be with him 24 seven. And so who am I to judge you and Rob and how you parent him? And you guys have fought and fought and fought for that kid and you don't quit. And I know that you're exhausted. I know that it's an exhausting journey, like having, what's the right word? Not, not normal. Neurotypical. Thanks. Neuro having neurotypical kids. It's hard to even empathize with that. And I think especially lately, because Carmen, Carmen's always been like a high emotion child for me too. Um, and especially like over the last few months, I've gained so much empathy for you and respect for you because it's a hard freaking battle to have a child who's not neurotypical and to have a kid who has sensory issues. And like you said, like on the outside, she looks normal. And I have parents still who tell me, like, when I tell them what we're going through with Carmen, they're, they're kind of like, Oh, well, look at her. I would never expect that from her. And I'm like, that's because I'm her safe place. And so she loses her bloody mind with me. And I know Zach does the same thing with you. It's so easy for him to lose it with you versus other people. And, and Manlins, I just have to say like, 
keep fighting and I, you're, you're inspiring. Like you inspire so many people and you've started to share your story a little bit more publicly. And that's why I wanted you here because you'll share things here or there on Facebook. And there's always somebody, always somebody that I see, like they relate to that. And it really comes down to like, we, obviously we need God. God chose you specifically to be Zachary's mom for a reason, because there are parents who would just not fight the way that you're fighting for him because it's not even like the other thing I love about you. Like, it's not even for you that you're getting the help. Like it is for you and for Rob, but like, you don't want him to have to live in a way that is, is so hard, right? Like you want to give him the tools so that when he is ready to lose his mind, he has tools and he doesn't just as an 18 year old lose his mind. Right. And so I mean, it's just, it's so inspiring the way you keep fighting for him, but like you've got God, God has chosen you and your faith is incredible. Number one. And number two, it takes a village. Like it takes that tribe sometimes to even just be like, I just needed to vent. Thanks for letting me vent. Right. And like, I feel like that's a a place where our relationship has been really great. Is that we do just like, we're not looking for advice. We're not looking for answers. I just need to vent. I need you to empathize. And then we move on. Right. Totally. And I started sharing my story more publicly because I found that if I could find other moms that could relate to my situation, I knew I wasn't alone. And there is nothing worse than feeling alone in your own home and feeling like you can't be a part of society or whatever because you have all these struggles and you don't want it to be on display in public, you know, but understanding being a special needs mom, my perspective of motherhood has completely shifted. Before I was a parent, I thought, well, I'll just parent kids how I was parented. And I would never let my kid have a dirty face in public. And I would always make sure they're wearing clothes that match and, you know, whatever. And now it's like, who cares? (laughs) They're being kids. Like they got dressed themselves. That's a victory in of itself, you know? Really? But sharing it, sharing my story publicly in some articles that I found in, it's like, this is my reality. And I, I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I want people to know that they are not alone if they are experiencing similar things. And I have connected with a couple of people that I never would have connected with if I hadn't shared my story. And we've been able to help each other out. And there's nothing more relieving than finding a mom who gets it. It sucks because you don't want anybody to go through what you're going through. But if somebody can relate on such a close level, it's just such a breath of fresh air because you know you're not being judged what you're telling them. You can share what's worked for your kid, you know, what's worked for mine. And it's nice to have that community because you're right. It does take a village. It does. It does. And like you said, there's nothing worse than feeling like you're alone as a mom. And that's why I've taken this brand and just kind of run with it. Like it was a God thing that I randomly came up with the words raw mom life, but like, it's been so fitting because the amount of moms who relate to the stuff that I share, like that's the purpose behind it for me is like, I don't want moms to feel alone. Yeah. We might be like, like physically alone, but you're not emotionally alone. You know, like there are other moms who are 100% going through what you are going through in some way, shape or form. And so to even just like talk to some trusted friends um, before you share publicly, if you don't want to just like start posting on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. But uh, I know that that's been like so huge for you to be able to do that. And also 
with that being said, like finding the trusted people, right? Like not everybody is going to empathize with you or understand. And so you can love those people in your life, but you don't have to share every little detail with them because a lot of times that just makes you feel worse. Yeah, I would agree. And vulnerability is a big piece for me. Unless you're willing to be vulnerable yourself, you aren't going to receive vulnerability in return. And maybe not everyone's willing to be vulnerable, but if you put something out there, they're going to be likely to turn to you in those times of need. And that's the kind of support I've needed. I was looking for empathy in the wrong places and I would come away so upset because I'm like, why can't they understand? Like, I just need them to say it's going to be okay or whatever. And then I realized I was looking for it in the wrong spot. So I started looking for it in different ways. And I found it in people like you and in my faith and my friends at church and some of my neighbors, you know, and it's been such a godsend for me because I'm able to connect with them on a different level. And they're filling me up and helping me and supporting me in ways that I need to feel supported. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you are in a place where, I mean, whether you have a special needs child or whatever situation you're going through, like somebody else is going through something similar. Somebody can empathize with you. Somebody can be there for you the way that you need. You just have to find those people. And sometimes it takes testing and testing the waters a little bit and being vulnerable. But I have found, and I'm sure you found this too, Lindsay, that being vulnerable is part of the healing process. Right. And I think, you know, in the world that we live in, social media portrays like, here's the picture perfect life that we have. Um, and that's, that's fine because life is really good, even when it's really hard. Um, but I don't think that's what people crave anymore. And you are more likely to find somebody in, and man, you can help somebody like mm-hmm. help somebody just to feel not alone. Um, it's a really cool thing. And then it, it, it helps you in return. So agreed. And I think part of the issue too, is maybe a growing up, you know, people in our generation or older, you know, you didn't really talk about mental health and you didn't talk about invisible disabilities and people, frankly, the medical community didn't understand them, you know? And you weren't allowed to feel certain ways. And, you know, I'd get a stomachache before a big basketball game or something. And I'd be like, oh, it's, you know, my stomach hurts. And it's like, well, that's anxiety. You're anxious because you're so excited to go play basketball, you know? So identifying those feelings, understanding them and not being ashamed of them. You know, that's one thing we tell Zachary, it's okay to feel, it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be sad. It's how you show me that you are those things that matters, right? We don't hit people when we're angry. We use our words or whatever it is, you know, so that's been a big challenge and kind of hurdle we're still overcoming is helping him identify the feelings, the appropriate expression of those feelings and not being afraid to talk about them. For sure. I think giving your kids permission and heck, like you said, reparenting ourselves and giving ourselves permission to feel those feelings. Like I'm angry. I need to walk away. I don't need to shove them down inside and not feel them. Right. Because they'll come out snapping at your kids later or your spouse or whatever. But, um, also like things like we talk about this all the time, you and I, and I talk about this publicly too, because it's so important apologizing to your kids, you know, like you mess up as a human, we all do it. We are not perfect. 
And for our kids to see that number one, we mess up, we are not perfect. And so we do not expect them to be perfect. But number two, you apologize when you mess up and then you try to do better. Like if we don't model that to our kids, they're going to end up in therapy just like us, right? Like trying to repair in ourselves and, and learn how to be okay with, with all those emotions. So it's so awesome that you're doing that with him. I mean, I fully believe in, you know, showing him the behavior that you want him to do versus telling him because kids are more likely to model your behavior than listen to your words. (laughs) I've learned. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I want to take a little twist here because I know that you battle this and it might be something good for people to hear because we all deal with it differently. Like mom guilt is a very real thing. And, uh, it's kind of part of that reparenting, right? Like learning to, forgive ourselves, give us grace, turning to our faith in order to kind of wipe away that guilt. So can you talk a little bit about how you deal with mom guilt? Mom guilt is tough. That is one thing I was not expecting in motherhood. And wow, you know, for me, it's taken a while, but I've learned that I'm a better mom when I can step away and have a break. And for me, that means um, like happy hour with a friend or I teach confirmation at our church, you know, during the school year. And that's just a nice way for me to kind of take a break. I try to remind myself that it's okay that I need to take a break. Zachary needs a break too sometimes, right? Like we're all better people when we can just have a little reset. Um, But yeah, that's something I'm still working on. Um, Mom guilt is is a real thing, but um, I just encourage people to kind of dig deep and realize like, it's okay if you need to take a break from your kids or it's okay to talk about your struggles with your kids um, and and not to feel guilty about it. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Oh my gosh, seriously. How many times do we like, okay, go to your room, like just, just take a break, be angry, hit your pillow, take a breath. Sometimes we have to do that as moms too. I think, you know, I talk about this all the time, like incorporating those little ways of self-care throughout the day makes such a big difference too, when you're dealing with, with mom guilt, when you're just, when you're just a mom, (laughs) because, uh, it helps with the mom guilt, but when you're able to sit in the sunshine for five minutes go to the bathroom by yourself. I know some people don't think that's self-care, but when you have toddlers or kids who are like wanting you all the time, it is, it is a break, <laughs> you know, or even going grocery shopping by yourself, going for a walk up and down the block. And I know not every mom has that luxury where they can just like up and leave either. And, you know, especially like thinking about the pandemic, like it was you three in the house all the time, you know? And so like, you had to be very, very uh, intentional about those small things of self-care too, to give yourself those breaks. Right. Yeah, for sure. And one of my favorite ways is to read because I feel like then I can escape into a different reality, you know, and I'm able to kind of block everything else out around me Um, or just watch like mindless TV. If, if I'm so exhausted, I really don't have energy to even do the dishes like watching TV or reading a book or something helps me. Um, but I really rely on um, my faith and my church community for a lot of my self-care. 
um, confirmation, like I said, is during the school year and I miss it. Like I miss my, I never thought I'd say I miss teenage girls, right? <laughs> but they are some of the most wonderful girls and the co-teacher, you know, and so I'm very involved at our church and I just really thrive being that in that environment. And so that's something that I rely on heavily for my self-care too. I love watching your faith grow. It's, it's inspiring for sure. You lean on Jesus more. You inspire me to lean on Jesus more all the time because you always, always, always come back to your faith, even when you're at your very lowest. So I want to ask something to every mom that comes on during this series, because we also need to reparent ourselves to focus on the good things that we do and not just on the things that we do bad, because as moms, we're really good at I messed this up and we focus on that one thing versus the 10, 15, 20 other things that we did well that day. So what is something that you are really good at as a mom? Loving my child. I think my goal is for him to come to me someday and say, mom, thank you for everything you've done for me. I want him to always know that I love him and that I'm there for him, even when he's mad at me, even when I yell at him, you know, I will always, always love him no matter what. And he knows that every night, even if it's a hard bedtime, we go to bed and we say, I love you. And I just really have come to realize that nobody will fight for your child if you don't do it. For sure. Okay. One more question. If there's a mom who is listening to this today and resonated really hard with it, but is in a really low place, doesn't know where to get help. How, how do you even start the process? What would you say to them? Well, they can reach out to me. I would be happy to lend an ear um, or a word of encouragement, but I just encourage them to don't be afraid to share their story with someone that they trust that they feel would listen because you never know, they might say, Hey, my cousin is going through this or my friend or whoever. Um, but it's finding connection with moms who get it, what you're going through. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to talk to anyone. I I'm definitely happy for that. I know there's lots of groups on Facebook and Instagram and things and people to follow that you can find encouragement. And I just strongly encourage to look for that connection with a community that's going through similar things. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, yeah, Lindsay is Lindsay. I almost just said Lindsay Lindmeyer. That's <laughs> our maiden name. Uh, I, <laughs> Lindsay Norton on Facebook and on Instagram, she's Lynn's Norton. So if you want to send her a DM, I know she is a great resource for so many things. If you just like need to reach out and say like, I liked that episode, this is what I'm going through. If you just need somebody to like, listen, Lindsay's the one to do it or to pray for you. She's a great prayer warrior. So Lindsay, thank you for sharing your story. Thanks for being here. And thanks for always being there for me and inspiring me as a mom and as a person. Um, I'm so grateful you're in my life. Thanks Amber. Me too. I think we make each other better moms, better people. And I'm lucky to have you as a sister, but also a best friend. So thanks for having me. This was fun. Love you. Love you too. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Raw Mom Life podcast. If you love anything you heard today, share it with some family or a friend who might resonate with it as well. I love to hang out on Instagram, so come find me over there for some more laughs and maybe a few tears as well, but always a good cup of coffee. Mama, I appreciate you and never forget, you are never alone.